Hello and welcome to the Iowa Hospital Association's podcast, Getting to Know Iowa Hospital Leaders. I'm Joa Hogan, Director of Education Services. On this episode, we learn more about Chuck Nordyke, CEO of Clorinda Regional Health Center. Chuck joined Clorinda Regional Health Center in July of 2018, relocating from the Chicago market, where he served as a divisional vice president for Vibra Healthcare for the previous seven years. He has more than 25 years of experience in healthcare, with six years in a long-term acute care, and holds degrees in nursing and accounting, bringing both a clinical and financial perspective to his responsibilities. Chuck was previously a Chief Operating Officer and Chief Executive Officer for Select Medical, Owner and Chief Consultant for Multidisciplinary Professionals Incorporated, and has served in several nursing leader positions in short-term acute care hospitals. Well, hello, sir, and thank you for being a guest on our podcast today. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Let's start with some personal questions, if you're okay with that. Sure. As a teenager, what job or career did you want to do? Uh, actually, I wanted to be a professional boxer. Did you do a little boxing, like amateur boxing, when you were young? Yeah, I boxed for several years. I, um, I was always fascinated with sports in general. I'm very competitive. Boxing always brought the one-on-one element where you don't necessarily rely on a team. So it gave a a different element to me. And um, I was always fascinated with um, both amateur and pro boxing, Um, constantly watching them as a kid. Do you do any boxing now? Uh, No, not not too much. Well, I'll remember that if uh, IHA ever has a celebrity healthcare executive boxing uh, tournament. You're going to have to give me a little bit of lead time on that. Do you have a favorite movie? Um, You know, True Romance is uh, one of my favorite movies. It's written by a very unique um, director, Quentin Tarantino. Element of the romance and gore, action. It's got kind of everything uh, all in one. And are you reading anything at at this time? No, I'm not. Um, My wife and I were just talking about this yesterday. I have redone my office at home, and I've got a ton of books that I have not read, and I told her this weekend, I've I've got some painting to do uh, on the house, and then I'm going to get a book and sit down and read. What's on your current music playlist? Wow, that's a a good question. I I just bought a new vehicle, and, um, you know, I've got my satellite radio, and um, I'm a big fan of the old radio show, so classic radio. Uh, Rather than listening to music, I have pretty much uh, exclusively been listening to that for the past probably three months. Um, I took a, um, a quick trip uh, with my kids and my wife uh, last weekend, and they had the, you know, just general pop music on, and uh, I did not recognize one song the entire trip. So I really don't have a lot of music that I'm listening to right now. Uh, it's mostly just the old radio shows. And what do you like to do on your downtime? Well, a lot of home projects. We bought um, a house that was an old church that was convert- converted to a house. And we are finishing that. And then um, I have a um, hobby of restoring old Willie's Jeep uh, pickup trucks and old Willie's Jeeps. I'm working on a uh, 1948 pickup right now. So the house, it's, it was an actual church? It was an old church. Actually, one of my directors uh, here, his grandfather um, worked for this company that built these churches they took the limestone out of Indiana and brought it uh, across, built churches in Indiana, Illinois, and, and here in Iowa. Um, and 
ever since we've moved here, we've loved this building. Just something has drawn us to it. And when we decided we were going to look for a different house, the realtor said, I've got this place that hasn't hit the market yet, but you might find it intriguing. And uh, he showed it to us one afternoon and we bought it that, that evening. Wow. Oh, that sounds awesome. What is something people don't know about you? I think the, the boxing piece, um, that is one that people don't, don't really know. I moved around a lot as a kid and then as an adult with my professional life, my, my children, I always joke around my son is 11. Um, he's moved eight or nine times in his life um, just because of the, the company that I worked for prior to coming here. Um, we moved five times there alone. So, um, you know, you get to know folks. and I know a lot of people around the country, um, but you don't really have real deep relationships with them and they, they don't know a lot about your childhood and whatnot. So I would say I would say that. For sure. And I should have asked you this before. What's your take on the Tyson uh, Roy Jones Jr. fight coming up? You know, I've, I've seen both of them fight in person. Mike, Ty- yeah, Mike Tyson uh, in his youth was just a phenom. I've talked with, I talked to Muhammad Ali uh, over dinner one time about Mike Tyson. And uh, I've seen Roy Jones fight before he was pro. Um, he had a skill set that I thought was just impeccable. I would say looking at them now, Tyson probably has a, a better chance against Roy, although um, I'm sure that Roy knows how to get into shape and, and get fight ready. So he's much faster than Tyson, I would say, but I don't know how much of that has worn off now. Yeah, I would say, though, if Tyson could hit anywhere close to where he hit uh, as far as the pressure-wise, he will take Jones out with one shot. Easy. Who is someone you greatly admire? Um, I have several people that I greatly admire, but um, one gentleman, he uh, related to healthcare. He is a uh, retired surgeon who's come back to work, um, had, had been very successful in his life, and um, doesn't really need to be working uh, from a financial standpoint. He came back because he actually wants to make a difference. And seeing the dedication, this, this guy, he's 75 years old, and he puts in six days a week minimum, and these are... 12 to 14 hour days. And um, I've known him for 20 years and he's worked that hard um, ever since the day I met him. Um, But he's the type of person that he's always looking for the positive spin on things. He's always looking to improve someone's life. Um, He's always looking to do the right thing and make things better. Uh, I don't think he could uh, make something negative, uh, even if you purposely set it up that way. Um, and he's just, he's, he's been one that, you know, when, when life gets tough, you, you have a talk with him and you walk away thinking things are great. Can you tell the listeners something about the community of Clorinda that they might not know, or just tell us a little bit more about Clorinda? Sure. Absolutely love Clorinda. When I first got here, I, my wife is born and bred in, in Illinois, in the Naperville area. And when I got here, I thought it's going to be a tough sell. Uh, just, it looks very small. There wasn't a lot to do um, from what I could see from just entering town. That, that evening, I drove around, talked to several people, asked people like, hey, what's some place for me to go? And spent some time uh, getting to know the town. And then the following day, did the same. And um, I knew right away that my wife was going to fall in love with Clarinda. The little town that we have, we have got a major benefit that I think a lot of people either don't know about or just don't take advantage of. And it's the, the number of museums and the different types of museums we have. Um, I think there's four at least. Wow. 
And with those, we have uh, history events where they, they'll do the cemetery walk, they'll do a tour of old homes or old buildings, and it just adds to the, the, the history of the community and you know, that knowledge, getting, getting to know the area that you're from. So, uh, and then the food. The food here, you know, coming from Chicago, um, I like to eat. I love good food. There is not, we are not lacking for good food here in Clorinda. What's your favorite place to eat, or is it is it okay to say that? I guess you yeah, don't want to no, play favorites. I, I tell you, we have there's so the the for dinners, uh, you know, there's a there's a Mexican restaurant, there's a pizza restaurant, there's a more of a fine dining type restaurant, and then there's kind of a, a family bar type restaurant, and it depends on what mood you're in. But every one of those, I I, I could I could go out to eat every day and 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 not be sad about it. All right, great. What does a typical day look like for you at Clorinda Regional Health Center? Well, um, I get I get started early. I'm usually the first one in the office. Um, that that usually gets me here between five thirty and six. Gives me about an hour or so of just me time to get the day started. Um, that that now is filled with uh, generating reports uh, for for the state for COVID. But uh, typically, that would be my time to answer emails and get things caught up and kind of plan for the day. And then uh, about uh, seven o'clock when people start rolling in, then you start rounding and, and you know getting getting going there. Usually, don't start to have meetings until around eight, um, just so you can get the day started. And then it's um, depending on what week of the month and what meetings are going on. It's meetings nonstop for most of the day. We're in the midst of a, a remodel and build project. We're just getting started, so that takes up a lot of the time on certain days, but. Um, otherwise, you know, quality meetings and board meetings, finance meetings, and then trying to trying to get home to, to be, you know, have dinner with the kids and, and, and my wife by six or so. Um, and a lot of times now, especially with different board commitments and whatnot, you've got other, other meetings going on. And then try, try to get tucked in by 10, maybe 11 to get started for the next day. Well, that's a full day for sure. Can you tell us a little bit about these building projects you have coming up? Sure. We just uh, we just opened our administration building. It's uh, medical records billing, those type of those type of offices. We moved them off site uh, so we can free up some room to start the project here. We're going to be expanding surgery, going to double double the size of surgery. We're going to add an, um, a new, bigger specialty clinic, an oncology clinic. We're going to expand our general clinic. And then we're going to build, we're calling it the barn, but it's a PTOT speech, athletic training, performance building, um, directly across from the hospital on our property. And we're going to tie that in with uh, walking trails, new parking, uh, a couple outdoor sports training type um, areas to tie in with our new mental health building that's down at the bottom of the hill. And we're going to put in a, a garden, a therapy garden for, for them. Wow. A lot of work going. A lot of work yeah, going. for sure. Those all sound great. What are some of your greatest challenges these days? Well, prior to COVID, I would, I would have said rural health finance. Uh, with COVID, I'm still going to say rural health finance, but also now COVID. Yeah. You know, honestly, I think um, we've adapted and we've done pretty well. Uh, we continue to push forward for growth and add new services and try to meet the needs of the community uh, through different avenues now with telemedicine and, and different things like that. We have not seen a huge number of telemedicine visits. And I think that um, our community hasn't really fully uh, adapted to the, the telemedicine piece, but 
one thing that is concerning to me has been concerning since uh, COVID started was that folks are putting off some of their wellness visits because of fear of coming to the hospital, potentially being exposed. And I think that that's going to put us a little bit of a challenge um, if someone were to come in and, and you know, unfortunate to, uh, for us to find something wrong, we might be a little delayed in, in getting things started. So I, I've been pushing with the community to please, 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 we have a lot of things in place to protect them. Please don't put off your visits. Come be seen. Try telemedicine if that, and, and see if that works. But if not, come in and be seen. Don't put off what you need to do. Understandable. What is your biggest achievements that you've accomplished so far? I think, no, actually, I think our growth. We, when I first got here, uh, the hospital was doing well. We just, we had some challenges. And I, I asked the community, what would you like for me to do? And one of the, the biggest things that they, well, the two biggest things that they've said was to um, provide mental health services, additional mental health services, and then to prevent uh, them from always having to transfer out of the hospital and out of the community. So we, uh, we've opened an outpatient mental health clinic, and uh, that is just booming. And then we have structured our med surge units where staffing and everything is, is adequate for keeping patients here. Um, we're working on educating the staff to get them better trained and more comfortable with some higher acuity things, but there's no need for us to transfer patients that we could definitely handle here um, like we've done in the past, and the community is very thankful for that. Oh, great. Well, I have two more questions for you, and then we'll be done. What is the best advice you were ever given? The best advice that I've, <laughs> that I've ever been given? Uh, this is going to sound kind of bad, but, but I'll explain. Uh, the best revenge is living a good life. So back to my boxing. As a kid, um, I may have been a little hot-tempered and uh, got into fights, and that's what got me started with boxing. I was told by a, one of my boxing coaches, he was a police chief who coached for the Police Athletic League, and he told me, you got to you know, take that anger and put it into this, and anger will eat you up. And you know, he went through all those. But he said, most people that are angry, and that do bad things and that are mean and that, you know, pick on you and do their, they have got their own problems and this is their way of lashing out. So instead of trying to figure out how to one-up them and go back after them, live a good life. That's what uh, gets to those type of people because they don't have a good life, unfortunately. And maybe by you having a good life, that could help them to, to get there too. So uh, even though the saying doesn't necessarily sound the best, I've, uh, I believe in it and I think that if we could all say and do that, that the world would be a lot better place. Agreed. I'll remember that. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. And finally, do you have any advice for new CEOs who are coming to Iowa from out of state? Uh, yes. Get to know the IHA. Um, it's a great resource. Um, it's much different than other state uh, hospital associations. Uh, much more user-friendly. Tremendous amount of knowledge can be gained through making those connections and get to know your area and uh, the surrounding areas very quickly because there's a lot of folks in Iowa that believe in the Iowa nice mantra and are willing to help. And even though there's competition, I could call either any of the hospitals nearby and uh, ask for help and, and they'd be lined up to help. So I think that's the biggest thing is put your guard down, trust others, and uh, get to know what Iowa Nice is. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Chuck. We appreciate the time. I absolutely appreciate it.
This podcast is an opportunity to learn more about Iowa hospital leaders. IHA will be releasing additional episodes in the near future. If you'd like to recommend a hospital leader from your organization to be featured on this podcast, please contact me, Joa Hogan, at hoganj at ihaonline.org. Thank you for listening.